0: Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump to the message. So for those of you who don't know, I am from a small town and sometimes Living in a small town can equate to not having enough people on teams, on sports teams, in choirs, bands, whatever it is. And so when I was, I think I was in middle school, I had some guys approach me and ask me if I would be on the baseball team because they didn't have enough guys to make a team. So me being the only girl, I decided that, sure, why not? I, I'll give it a go. And so I played softball and baseball that summer. I played center field for the guys. And I even batted before, I think, a couple of them in the lineup. And this has no relevance to what we're going to talk about, but this is kind of a funny story. So your girl likes to eat, you know. And so it was before a game, a baseball game. And uh, I went to the concession stand to get a hot dog. Because, you know, of course, girl likes to eat. And... uh even if it was before a game. But anyways, I went to the concession stand, got a hot dog, put ketchup on it, came back, accidentally dropped my hot dog, got ketchup on the bench in the dugout, went to the concession stand to go get more napkins, and we had white pants on. And the guy, the catcher, the guy that was a catcher on our team sat in the ketchup. He had to go the entire game squatting in front of the crowd with ketchup stain all over his white pants. I felt so bad and I did not own up to it that it was me because he was really mad. That has no relevance, but kind of a funny story. But anyways, there I was on the boys baseball team, the least likely candidate. I was not what they expected at all. And I'm sure the other teams laughed. I'm sure some guys on my team even didn't believe in me, but here's the deal. The team needed me and without me, they couldn't really play. So me being the only girl, I had to get past what the other team thought. I had to get past what my own teammates thought. I had to get past the strikeouts at the plate or or the balls that I missed out in center field. And I had to keep showing up, getting back out there, and giving my all. And there's a person in the Bible who had a similar story, but on a much bigger scale. And he was on a much, much more important team that was pretty much life or death. But before we get to that point, I, I just want to back it up for you and talk about how this guy was selected. So we're going to be diving into 1 Samuel 15, 16, and 17. And at the start of this, there was was a guy named King Saul. And King Saul was the king over the Israelites. But King Saul did some things that God did not like. So God rejected him and told a prophet named Samuel to do something about it. He told Samuel to go secretly pick out the next king to come after King Saul, since God wasn't pleased with him. So God told Samuel to go to Jesse's house in Bethlehem. And Jesse was a man who had eight good looking sons. He had good looking boys, eight of them. And Samuel needed to go pick one of the sons to be the next king of Israel. And one of the sons walks in when Samuel is at Jesse's house. And Samuel just goes, Here he is, God's anointed. He's excited because it's a good looking dude. He's buff, he's big. But God tells Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Jesse, then, the dad, grabs his next best son. Nope, this man isn't it either. Another son. God hasn't chosen any of these, Samuel says. And then Samuel asks a question. He goes, is this it? Like, is this how you got? Are, are there no more sons? And Jesse goes, well, yeah, there's the, the runt. I mean, he's the youngest and he's out tending the sheep. You don't want him. And Samuel says, go get him now. We are not moving from this spot until he is here. And then and then the son, this runt, this youngest one of the family that was out tending sheep walks in. And God says, this is the one. Anoint him. An anointing was the official way that a person was shown to be chosen by God. So the son was anointed. And Jesse, the father, the dad, he didn't expect this. He's like, the youngest, the smallest, the shepherd boy, him, You, you want him. It's because God doesn't see things how we see things. What did God say? He said, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I don't know about you. I am so grateful for that. But here's something I think that we miss, okay? First of all, David is young, okay? He's like 10 to 13 years old when he's told that he's going to become king someday. But here's what we miss right here. Before David does anything else, before God brings him to anywhere else, David has to go back to tending his sheep. David was willing to wait for the Lord God to work out things in his own time, in God's own time. David was still called, even though he was just tending sheep. That is so significant because sometimes we feel like we're not called, that we're no use, that God could never use us because we're not doing anything crazy cool. We're we're not the star of the basketball team. We're not the most beautiful girl in the room. We're not in the relationship of our dreams. How could he use us in such a mundane, ordinary place? How could we matter and make a difference when we feel like our lives are as boring as tending to sheep? Society will tell you that you have to wait until you reach that goal or get in this relationship or win that award in in order for you to feel desired, wanted, seen, called. But sometimes when God calls us, it is in the middle of us tending our sheep, of doing the things that seem to lack significance in the world around us. Okay, think about it. God just called David. He just picked him out. He is using David. But then David has to go back to shepherding his sheep out in the pasture. That does not seem that cool. Like, why can't David just go out and and get his crown right now or start slaying giants right now? That just doesn't seem that great. But no, he has to go tend his sheep because that is where God has him right now. It doesn't mean that his life isn't as significant or that God's not calling him. I mean, God literally called him as he was tending to his sheep when he was doing an ordinary task like he does every day. Here's the deal. You may feel like your life doesn't have much significance, that you don't have the looks like she does or you don't get the girls like he does. You don't have the body like that person you follow on social media. You don't have the brains like that person next to you in chemistry. But God does not need you to be all those things to use you or call you. He needs you to be faithful right where he has you. So fast forward a little bit. King Saul, who was still on the throne as king, he suffered from tormenting depression. And he still doesn't know about what Samuel did with choosing David as the next king. So without knowing it, Saul starts looking for someone who can help him with his depression. Someone who can play music for him to soothe his soul. And David's name gets brought up. You mean the shepherd boy? The one who deals with sheep all day, he can play the harp. So David is chosen, and he becomes Saul's right-hand man. Whenever the bad depression tormented Saul, David played his harp, and it would calm Saul down. And here's another thing we miss, okay? Brother David had a talent, a gifting Maybe his dad thought it was insignificant. Maybe his brothers thought it was dumb. But David was faithful with even the smallest of giftings and look to where that led. Being the right hand man of the king. Some of you may feel like some of your giftings are too small, too dumb. Maybe it's listening. Maybe it's writing. Maybe it's making people laugh or empathizing with people. Do not underestimate the gifts God has put inside of you. Be faithful with them. David's heart playing probably didn't seem like much to him. But it brought so much joy and relief to Saul. What you think is insignificant about yourself, God can use in extremely significant ways. So David's serving as Paul's right-hand man, right? Some time goes on. And then the Israelites, who Saul, King Saul, is king over, they get into it with the Philistines, this other group of people. And they're getting ready for battle. But then this brother from the Philistines steps out. He's over nine foot tall. He's a giant. And he goes, pick your best fighter and pit him against me. If he gets the upper hand and kills me, the Philistines will all become your slaves. But if I get the upper hand and kill him, you'll all become our slaves and serve us. David at this time, okay, he's still tending to his sheep while also tending to Saul. He's going between tending his sheep and playing the harp and tending his sheep and playing the harp. And then Jesse, David's dad, sends David down to his brothers with bread and cheese. David is a delivery boy. That's what he was supposed to do. Go down and deliver bread and cheese to his brothers at the camp who were about to go into battle. So David, being the responsible guy he was, he got someone to watch his flock, to tend his flock. He woke up at the crack of dawn, and then he took the food to his brothers. And right as he arrived, the whole entire Philistine army is getting into battle formation. Goliath, this giant, steps out. And David hears what Goliath says, so David starts asking questions. And then David's brother one of the good looking ones, one of the stronger ones, one of the older ones says, he looks at David and says, what are you doing here? Why aren't you minding your business, tending that scrawny flock of sheep? And you know what David does? He ignores him. And that is powerful. He ignores him. And then David goes up to King Saul and he says, don't give up hope. I'm ready to go out and fight this Philistine. And Saul responds, You cannot go out and fight this Philistine. You're too young. You're too inexperienced. And he's been at this fighting business since before you were born. And David, y'all, David goes off. And he says... I've been a shepherd tending sheep for my father. And whenever a lion or bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I'd go after it. I'd knock it down and I'd rescue the lamb. And if it turned on me, I'd grab it by the throat, wring its neck and kill it. Lion or bear, it made no difference. I killed it. And I'll do the same to this Philistine pig who is taunting the troops of God Alive, a God who delivered me from the teeth of the lion and the claws of the bear will deliver me from the Philistine. Ooh I so love What David just said. He's basically saying, what I do may look ordinary to you. It may not seem like much. You may not think it matters. But God's been using this ordinary time for me. He's been teaching me in the ordinary moments when I'm tending my sheep. It may look like nothing. But it has prepared me to be a warrior today. And King Saul goes, go. And God help you. That's what he says. So they tried dressing David up in this armor, but David, he can't even walk in it. He can't. Even, he's so small. He can't even put this armor on and walk. So he takes it all off. No armor. And it says, then David took his shepherd's staff, selected five smooth stones from the brook, and put them in the pocket of his shepherd's pack. And with his sling in his hand, he approached Goliath. Okay, here. Notice how everything he used to defeat his giant came from the ordinary moments he spent being a boring old shepherd out in the field so imagine this philistine pacing back and forth back and forth ready to go ready to fight and little david no more than 17 years old comes from the crowd no armor just a sling and some stones goliath starts laughing All of the Philistines do too. And Goliath says, am I a dog that you come after me with a stick? You see, David's shepherd's staff looked like nothing to Goliath. But little did he know that that was the staff that trained up this warrior. And then David speaks up. He says, you come at me with swords and spear and battle axe. I come at you in the name of God of the armies, the God of Israel's troops, whom you curse and mock. And this very day, God is handing you over to me, and I'm about to kill you. This is gruesome, okay? Cut off your head and serve up your body and the bodies of your Philistine buddies to the crows and coyotes. The whole earth will know that there's an extraordinary God in Israel. And everyone gathered here will learn that God doesn't save by means of sword or spear. The battle belongs to God. He's handing you to us on a platter. David's saying, what you see is not what God sees. What you think makes you look cool or better or superior means nothing when it comes down to it. From the outside, it may look like the battle is yours. But I serve a God who knows my heart, and he is bigger than any label or judgment you slap on me. So shut your mouth. God does not need your muscle or your weapons to win. Today, you will lose. And Goliath starts toward David, and David took off for Goliath, and David reached into his pocket for a stone, slung it, and he hit Goliath hard in the forehead, and Goliath crashed face down in the dirt. And what we want to do in society is celebrate the extraordinary moment that happened when the giant was slain, when Goliath crashed down to the ground. But what we tend to forget is the ordinary moments that David had to be faithful in. The ordinary moments that were actually the extraordinary moments preparing him for where God was moving him. Here's what I'm getting at. You may feel like your life counts for nothing. You may feel like just another middle school or high school or college student trying to get decent grades, stressed out about friends or boys, worried about whether or not you measure up to the people around you. You may feel like your life doesn't amount to much because you're just tending to your sheep, doing the boring things that seem to lack significance. But you are a warrior in the making. And these are the extraordinary moments you can't let pass you by. You're being called right where you are right now. God isn't waiting for a diploma or for you to lose 10 pounds to use you. He is calling you in this very moment. God called David before everyone knew he was a musician. God called David before he beat Goliath. And God is calling you right where you're at, before you get to whatever finish line you have in your mind, before you get in the relationship, before you lose the weight, before you graduate, before you make the starting lineup. God doesn't need you to have it all figured out to use you. He just needs a willing and faithful heart. The world is going to tell you to chase, chase after that one extraordinary thing. Go, go get the award. Go get the likes. Go get the followers. Go get the love. Go get the job. Go get the promotion. Go get retirement. But the problem is that we could go our whole lives waiting for this big, extraordinary moment that only moves further and further and further away instead of realizing and recognizing that God has us in our extraordinary moments right now. They may feel ordinary, but God is using them. And at any moment's notice, we have to be willing to play the harp or throw the stones or whatever seemingly small or mundane task God calls us to do. Because the truth is, these seemingly ordinary moments... They can make all the difference for someone. So stop thinking that your life doesn't amount to much. God can do a lot with a little. He took a young, overlooked shepherd boy, and he made him a king who conquered giants. Think about what he can do with you, a faithful servant of him, right where you are, right now. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights with service beginning at 7 p.m. And the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.